1: If it's social, then you really could it. You can't have people say so serious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious.
0: Now Carrie Kirpin. Let me tell you guys something. My daughter just about freaked out when she heard who I was about to interview next on all the social ladies. Today, I get to interview Carolyn Aronson, who's a successful entrepreneur, philanthropist, and founder and CEO of It's a 10 Hair Care, which is the only female-owned professional hair care brand in the world, which, by the way is huge in the Kirpin household. So to me, this was like the highlight of my week, month, year. I was so impressed by Carolyn for a number of reasons. Her incredible ability to take risks without batting an eye, her commitment to philanthropy, not only as a a company, but for her own family. Uh, Really beautiful stuff here in this interview. Take a listen. Welcome, Carolyn, to the show.
1: Hi, Carrie. Thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited to have you here. And as you know, both my daughter and I are huge fans of It's a 10. So it was like having
1: a legit big time celebrity on the show right now. Like we, we were like freaking out this morning. I love that. I love that we're actually stretching through the generations here. That is pretty re- remarkable that we can accomplish that. You bet.
0: I mean, I think it's an incredible uh, testament to the product itself that that all of the women in my
1: house love it, no matter their age. It's it's really incredible. Tell me how you got your start. How did this come to be? Yeah, boy, it's it spans over about uh, well, actually, within the professional hair care industry, 34 years now. So yep. um, it really started as as a little girl, probably about your daughter's age, where I declared I wanted to be a hairdresser. And from there knew I wanted to be a salon owner. And this is when I was eight and sixteen years old. So um really started on the path of um, my passion, which hasn't seemed to die a bit. I've just kind of I always say I traded my scissors in for, for a bottle of product. Um I'm still making people feel beautiful, but just in a different avenue of my industry and um Really started a salon owner and then transitioning into hair product manufacturer, which I've been doing for the last 15 years. Completely involved in every little bit of this company. Um, I pick everything you see out from the ingredients to the fragrances to the bottles to the packaging to how the website is designed, to how we market, to how we brand. I mean, every aspect of it. Just to have a really creative flair about me and I've really transitioned it into all aspects of business. So here we are today, 34 That's years amazing. later. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's great. So tell me about, I'm, I'm really
0: interested in when you went from the salon ownership side to the product manufacturing side, and you made that decision and that leap. Uh, my assumption is that that would be something that you didn't, you know, just automatically know how to do. You had to learn how how to do this, right? How to get into something new like this. Give me a little bit of background on that.
1: Oh, it, it absolutely was hard, and it was ironic. It was something I kind of happened to fall into with um, my partner at the time, saying, "Hey, let's kind of create our, our own line." And from there, you know, I always, I always stood behind the chair and knew that the product industry was missing something. You know, hairdressers, we concoct, we layer, and really, after thousands of heads and thousands of products, I always wondered why they didn't do this with products or why they didn't do that with products or why didn't they actually say that they, were, you know, do what they were going to say, uh, what they claimed they were going to do. A lot of frustration, I think, um, with the different years of using products. So when it came time for me to actually create products, um, I really put all my years of touching, feeling, using and experiencing products on, on thousands of heads into each and every bottle that I create. Hence the name, it's a 10. I don't stop until I get it to the point where I really feel it's the best. And um, obviously I think it being multifunctional, simple, easy to use products that... Everybody can understand and really get results with, not just a hairdresser. So, um, and I'll tell you, as a hairdresser, I got plenty confused by all the products that were out there, and yep. they would name name them like, "Oh, blow me up," and just some <laughs> of the names, even it's like, "What does that mean? What does that do?" So, I just really wanted it to be super user friendly. And, you know, it's interesting, even your daughter can understand it. We have everything from nine-year-old little boys to 80-year-old women using our products. It's just a very user-friendly brand. It's really incredible. And I love that the
0: name, you know, you're right about all the different names of products. Like every product has 50 million names. But the concept of the name It's a 10 is so simple and so rooted in who who you are, which is making sure that the product is really quality, that it's a 10.
1: Absolutely. Um, literally I, I, I work with chemists all over the United States and I'm sure they're, I'm they're probably their nightmare come true because I don't stop until I get a formula exactly how I want it. So, um, it's a process. Sometimes formulas take me up to three years to create. If I keep going back and going back and having them tweak it and then, you know, adjusting it. And, um, I don't stop until I really feel it's the best. I love it. So let's let's move on to the marketing, because
0: I really uh, love the marketing strategy behind its intent. First of all, I know you guys made history as the company became the first independently owned and female owned hair care brand to run a national Super Bowl spot. Talk to me a little bit
1: about that decision, how that worked for you. Give me the whole give me the whole spiel around this. Yeah, you know, over the years, um, we had thought about doing things like that, but never really knew how to bring it to life. And in January of this year, I bought my partner out and became one of the first indie um, women, Hispanic owned, 100% Uh, owned um, professional haircare brands in the industry. And I really wanted to have a coming out party, so to speak. So um, that was really how I originally thought, you know what, Super Bowl commercial, if I can truly make it happen. And it was truly a very last minute decision. And it just magically, like so many miracles that seemed to happen in my life, besides the miracle products, um, it came together um, really pretty within within six to eight weeks. I pulled it together. I ended up working with some of the best talent in the industry, creating one of the most um, unique Uh, beauty commercials. It was shot in black and white. It was all about America, bringing America together and really about the diversity of our country and how we're all beautiful. So that was the message I wanted to come out saying. And um, we use the Super Bowl as a vehicle really to introduce America to this brand that's really already been around for 10 years. That
0: is just unbelievable. What I love about your story in general, like even just listening to how you went from salon to manufacturing and all these things, the bold risks that you take, have you found that the bigger the risk or the bolder the choice, the better the result? Talk to me about taking risks uh, within your business and your life and how that's worked for you.
1: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. Someone on Facebook said three words in life. That you would ever say to anyone if you could and and my word actually had had more had <laughs> but my saying is always "Go big or go home and yep. um pretty much that is what I found myself doing time and time again in life. My first company I started in the hair care industry actually failed, and I didn't bat an eyelash to get up and do it again um. I happen to love my industry. I love creating um, hair products. It's a different facet of my industry. And really, a lot of the risks that I've taken over, uh, it's now 13 years um, owning ItSatan Hair Care, have been, and when I look back, they were pretty bold. And a lot of times, I had such a vision um, years ahead, I worked backwards from my vision. I wasn't going to let anything stop me in between where I was at. And obviously my vision out in front. So um, it was really a process that I was just determined to create what I love and um, get creative with it and really bring it to market. And hopefully everyone else felt the same way about it. And I think I'm finally to the point where I can say they love me. They really love me. And I don't mean me personally, obviously. I mean the products that I create that make them feel feel great.
0: I love how comfortable you were with failure. I think that, that's why a lot of times women don't swing for the fences, right? We're we're taught to be good. And if you wanna be good, you can't take big risks because if you take risks, then you could fail. And if you fail, that's not good. Um, but I love how you just bounced right back up. And I think in order to go big, we have to know that, yes, of course we're risking failure, but we're also risking and hoping for great reward.
1: Yeah, and you know, I've I've risked that, that time and time and time again. I mean, in January, when I bought my partner out, it was like starting all over again. And I'm risking it, you know, all from the very beginning, all over again here. And you know what? I I come to the conclusion that I almost have an oblivion to risk. Um, All I do is keep my eye on the prize. And I literally just continue on that path, my nose to the grind the entire time. And um, until I get, I always find a way, you know, you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to have um, detours. You're going to have really big challenges along that path. But the true way to success is figuring out how are you going to get to your end point? And how does, how do you always continue to inspire yourself to have a new end point? How do you continue to grow and continue on with newness and greatness and creativity and keeping that that whole momentum going is is me a a great part of it. It's a really fun part of it.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And when you're looking back
0: um, at your marketing, I know Super Bowl was, you know, one big, huge thing that you did that not only uh, was great for the company, but just got to express what you cared about within the company and make an incredible statement. Talk to me a little bit about your social media usage for It's a 10. How, how I would imagine that with a brand that was, you know, independently owned and growing social media played a large part uh, in the voices of the customers who love you. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: It does. and And, you know, so much of this brand has been built on word of mouth you know when you start a brand with $80,000 and then you know get it to this point it is really the organic love of the people that gets it there because we didn't have big you know marketing budgets we couldn't hire big PR firms and things so really it's very interesting in the very very beginning years some of the passion that came out about about the brand and, and and completely organic and unsolicited or paid for was from stars and they were tweeting about it and they were talking about it. They were Facebooking about it and they were publicly professing their love for the brand. So I would tweet them back. And this is when I think Twitter was maybe, maybe out only a year. And and one one of the very first people that did it was Christina Applegate. And from that, I I reached back out to her and she responded and and from that snowball I ended up making two different collections and donating um, probably over four hundred thousand dollars to her breast cancer foundation yeah because I wanted to thank her I wanted to reach you know reach her and and make sure she understood I appreciated her love so it was through through Twitter that that all came to life and so social media is absolutely huge. Um, it's, it's made a big impact on my brand and it's only getting bigger all the time. You know, it's interesting when you talk about the Christina Applegate story is that back Back in the day, right,
0: when it was early, or we were early in our social media journey, uh, Twitter was that venue where it felt like you were literally in a room with Christina Applegate because it wasn't, it didn't yet have this sort of mass adoption and all these things. And you could really be in touch with yeah, and talk to anybody. It was so real time,
1: you know, and you yep. literally thought you were having a one-on-one with her. And at moments, you might be able to actually back. You kind then. of were, you kind of yeah. were, right. <laughs> it's so, so, it's so amazing. It's yeah, really it's unbelievable. Really- and how about now? Where
0: do you see the most the most activity happening for its a ten?
1: Instagram is huge within the beauty world because you have those beautiful fashion shots and things like that. But it's really across the um, so many different platforms, you know, Pinterest and Facebook and Twitter and and Instagram. And we are we are engaged heavily on all of them and constantly creating um, new ways to really reach out and connect with people on a very, like you said, live time type of, um, engagement where we have contests or we say to them, what's your, you know, show us your favorite looks today or, or whatever it may be. And that one-on-one relationship is such a big part when you actually have, um, we do Facebook lives. We have this hashtag ask Carolyn, um, actually come and engage with me because I want to engage with you. And that's what it's all about. That's what social media is about. And that's really why TV these days or even magazine ads, they I don't I do not doubt that in the future someday they become obsolete because yeah. you know we're going a whole different way and we're we're able to really connect with someone one on one much more. And it's just such a, a, a better feeling for the consumer. And I think they actually believe in it more rather than just being bombarded by by random ads or random information you really target them and they can target what they want to consume as well. So it ends up being, you know, a really functional process. Now, Callan, as you mentioned, I know you bought out your partner. This is
0: 100% owned by you. Unbelievable. When you're looking at social media and you're investing the time and the resources, how closely are you looking at the ROI? Are you able to tie it? And if you're not Are you doing it because you you just know that this is the future? Like, how do you gauge the success of your social media
1: work? It's so interesting because I used to wonder about that because ROI is huge. And obviously some of the only ways I've been able to truly, truly measure ROI is through social media. Because you really can target who you're actually speaking to. You can see how many click throughs. You can see, you can actually truly track who you're engaging with, how many times, what they're actually looking at. Is it a particular product? Are they asking questions when they, you know, I'm saying that you can literally dig down so deep. Whereas, The difference between that and the millions I spent on in the past on magazine ads, it's like throwing a dart at the wall. You hope the right person's opening it. You hope that they're actually reading it. You hope they're reading from the front to the back and not the back to the front. I mean, it's so much more precise. So. How we're doing it is we have an amazing SEO company that's helping us engage. We're really um, targeting more. Not only that, we, we've populated our emailing list. We did very unique things this year besides just the Super Bowl. We did Miss America. Miss America, we got literally 125,000 email addresses from people that actually went on wow. our platform, applied for our, our free product. Only, only company in the history of any beauty, um, Miss America, or Miss U.S., anything, to give the entire United States free product, and so we we gained the direct response audience. We got their their contact information, so now we're in direct conversations with them, targeting them, retargeting them, understanding um, what they're looking for, and obviously building on that, creating lookalike. Um, audiences, and then yep. from there, compounding it and compounding it. And really, really, it turns into, in the end, possibly millions of dollars from literally getting some email addresses um, so awesome. that, you know, it that's truly the, the beauty of social media. I love that you not only that you really like you get
0: the concept, but if you really understand it, which I love, I love seeing because a lot of times when you're at a higher level like this, you don't always know you're not as in it. But because I believe this this was started by you with eighty five thousand dollars, like you have such a good grip on what, what this is and how it's exactly ties back to what you said in the beginning, where you, you kind of bless every line and you, you really know, um, I love how involved you are. It's, it's incredible. And in terms of, um, we were talking about Christina Applegate and the, the foundation money that you ended up raising for the breast cancer stuff. You are really committed to philanthropy and it's sort of a family affair for you guys. When I was looking into your, your world, I know your, your husband's also a CEO and your family is really committed to philanthropy. Talk to me a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely. Um, we have we have four children, and yep. I think um, one of the best things we can do is teach them how to have. You know, we all work hard in life, but there's there's nothing better than business with a purpose. So, um, really creating not only within you know companies figuring out how you can give back, but obviously in your personal life as well. Um, I set up a foundation in um, one of my daughter's named Kiana Dreams Foundation, that. Since she was pretty much uh, one year year old, she has um, chosen how she can give back. Um, she gets engaged. She understands. You know, it was it started off with her giving her babas to, <laughs> when she didn't need her oh. bottles anymore. You know, she, she has a orangutan named Kiki that she adopted. Um, she's given to schools uh, nationwide to actually help protect schools um, as far as the security and learning how to be proactive rather than sitting ducks sometimes when we have the, the issues that can happen at schools. I mean, there's just a lot of um, um, different things that, you know, children can, can choose and get engaged in and learn to give back as well. So that's what we try to do as a family is talk about how. We can make a difference because um, even in environmental level um, or humanitarian level, there's just a lot of great ways that, that we can uh, teach our children to do that. Unbelievable. And Carolyn, if
0: people want to get in touch with you, if they're as inspired by your story as I am, where should they go? What's the best social network or world? To, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Um, I would say um, on our social platforms, and you can hashtag Ask Carolyn. Or actually, if you contact us through any of our social platforms, I am um, I, granted I have people managing them, but they can they will definitely respond okay, and yeah. make sure that I get engaged. Yes, so um, that's the best way to get us. And um, I'm always available. I love connecting with people and really helping people understand not only about the brand but um, what we're all about. That's
0: the brand. Wonderful. Carolyn, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are an incredible social lady. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kirpin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.